The HERE podcast is all about reclaiming your power and reconnecting with your mind and body. By releasing our stories and the power they have had over our lives and creating a compassionate and supportive community, we can bring love, understanding, awareness, and healing to ourselves and to all who need it most. Join me in saying, enough is enough. I own my power. I am ready for the next chapter of my life, and it will be the most amazing one yet. I feel honestly, I just want to say, and I know it's your podcast and you're going to open this, but I just want to say that I really feel like it was divinely brought together that you and I are doing this. Obviously you have a new podcast and you're building your audience and all that. And um, I just feel like when I listen to your podcast and I didn't listen to the fifth episode, but I listened to everything else and I was like, wow. And I was just like grateful. I was like, thank you above that you brought me together with this woman. And I was like, that's a perfect fit. Oh, thank you. I can tell you, I felt the same. You could ask my husband that um, after like I went read through your stuff and I was like, oh, I'm really excited. Um, I'm going to have this amazing woman on the podcast and she sent me the movie and I can't wait to watch it. And then I watched the movie and I, I paused it at the 30 minute mark because my phone had died. And I looked at my husband and went, oh my God, this is like my jam, this everything that she is talking about in this documentary, I am so excited. I, I was really, really lit up. He's like, that's awesome. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. And, you know, I started this four years ago and I shot it in three days and I edited it actually rather quickly and had it ready for Sundance. I just didn't have the, the, um, the music the official music we were going to use. I had some temporary in there at the time. So I actually worked really quickly for this and to get it together. It took me seven months though to, because it started in January, January 16th, we started pre-pro. By end of August, we were done with shooting. So even though I shot it in three days, it wasn't three consecutive days. It took me seven months to actually cast the right women for this because that was really, it was very specific what I was looking for. Yes. Because I didn't want to do, and no offense to anyone, but I didn't want to do a a film where it was just a lot of very sad stories and that was that. Mm -hmm. It was very important to me that I got empowered women that even though they had been through stuff, they were very comfortable in their skin And they were healed enough to be in a, like in a, in a zone of power so that they could express this and, and really, you know, the overall message of the film would come across that we're empowered and we're, you know, shameless in our bodies and we accept our bodies and we are feeling good about it. And I think, you know, I think the trans girl that's in the film, she was one that was very newly transitioning. She was one that I think was a little uneasy out of all of them. I think all of them were very confident. I think she was just sort of getting her feet wet, you know, yeah. um, in, in being a woman and all of that. So I think she was the one that kind of came off as like more vulnerable yes. in, in the film. 
I completely agree. And that was um, one where I started to tear up with everything that she was saying and, and what she had been through. And you can tell she's still very much trying to find herself Mm -hmm. um, as as a woman. And I just, Oh, that, yeah, it was beautiful. I thought it was amazing how you had the range you had, and I don't remember all of their names, but the, the blonde curly haired woman who was Aaron, like Mm -hmm. feisty and happy and excited. And then you had all the different, um, uh, just variations of, of that. Yeah. Yeah. That was really important. The diversity aspect was a hugely important thing to me because I wanted this, I wanted to really push past the boundaries, you know, and I wanted people to feel like they could relate to people, even if they didn't have the same preference, but these are all relatable stories that we could all, it doesn't matter which woman you could still relate on one level or another. And, and so I think that's the thing that brings us together um, as humanity, you know, and as women, um, just having those stories and those experiences that we can all relate to on one level or another. Yeah. All right. I am so excited to have you, Jennifer, Jennifer Eileen Perry on the podcast and talking about your documentary, The Goddess Within. Um, It was amazing. I laughed in parts. I cried. I was completely entranced and engaged with the movie as, as soon as I started it. And I thought that it was just absolutely amazing. So what I would love, I would love to hear about, um, you were just sharing about your documentary and what about you and what brought you to creating that beautiful film? Well, you know, I was raised, um, I'm an only child. Um, and I was raised in a very, you know, traditional Christian background. But I have to say when it came to sexuality, I felt very shamed. Um, I was attracted to different types of races along the way, and I felt shamed for that. I also felt shamed even to just masturbate, honestly. Um, and I think that that came from the, the religious background. Now, my mother was raised Catholic, and she was like beat by the nuns and that kind of thing. So it was Catholic, and then they converted to Christianity. So they still had that very stern um, sort of dogmatic belief and that was what was passed on to me and I just know what my personal experience was as a society heteronormative accepted woman and even in that I felt very unaccepted and very shamed and growing up and learning more about the world once I left my mother's home and you know had more life experiences got into Hollywood and been Um, in the entertainment industry for over 20 years, that really opened my eyes and it really educated me. Um, My first apartment in Hollywood was actually with a gay man. And, um, you know, I remember even having beliefs then that it was shameful. And I think that that belief in itself is shameful now. Yes. Um, And so for me, I think through these experiences, I knew how impactful sexuality was, whether or not you experienced these very casual sexual experiences at first, 
uh, the fact that we weren't really properly educated, the fact that we turned to porn to kind of give us some sort of education or experience, you know, out of our curiosity, which we're all curious about. Yeah. And I think that that all really played on my mind. And then I saw how society was and the shaming and the hate, how people were. I remember watching that film, Boys Don't Cry. Yes. And that impacted me so much. And I was like, my God, because, and we can get into that whole conversation about humanity and, and how society has been, and just over the history of society, how condemning they've been. Yes. And not just condemning, you know, in a judgmental kind of way, you know, giving you the eye, but like literally hating, hurting, killing. And that was absolutely unacceptable to me. I was like, you guys need to get it together here. I don't know what, you know, what's going on. So even if I was taught certain sort of hateful behavior, I broke out of that. And I, cause I think at the core of who I am, I'm about love. And I do feel like I was put on this planet to kind of remind people what real love is. And I was made aware at seven years old that I had a message that I would need to deliver through television and film. Oh. At seven, I, came, I had an epiphany, I, my angels told me, and every business decision and professional move I made um, was with that in my mind. So I worked you know, in the industry many years, I've been an actor, uh, I did some modeling, I've also been a costume designer briefly and wardrobe styling for a bit. Um, I worked also behind the scenes in production. I was uh, a few different director's assistants. I was also an office manager of a production house. So I got a really well-rounded view and experience in the industry. And I also had my own Me Too experiences. Mm -hmm. And I had casting couch opportunities and things like that that came along. But I was, I'm very much like, oh no, fuck you. <laughs> you know, um, the one experience that I had the guy had to roofie me. Oh. So, because I'm very outspoken and I, you know, won't have it kind of thing. And if, and I'm not saying that other women aren't and that, you know, have those situations, but um, I would go kicking and screaming, you know, that that's mm -hmm. not going to happen or at least I'm going to put up a fight. So, um, so for me, you know, based on all my experiences, it was just really important to me it's almost like this film was sort of formulating along the years. And I felt that sexuality is such a core part of who we are and impacts so much about what we decide to do in our lives. I also find people's secrets very interesting. Mm -hmm. So a lot of their sexually, their sexually hidden behavior is interesting to me because that just means they have different preferences, but they want to hide that because they're afraid to be shamed. Right. Right. And I also feel like there's a lot of people that, you know, live their life with a beard, whether you're gay or not, you know, you're, you're faking the funk is what I say. Like you're, you're faking the relationship because you feel like, you know, your parents won't approve or society won't approve or whatever it is. So all of this I found to be sort of the flaws in society. And um, also over the years, I'm a spiritual healer as well. So through that, I think all of this combined was like, 
this message that I want to put out in the world, I really want to help heal humanity with this message. And I see all that's broken. I'm very, very aware of it. And so that's definitely what my motivation was. That is absolutely beautiful. I, I had this very similar experience when I was in graduate school. Um, I went for religion because I was trying to find some type of truth out there. And what I found was what you found, how women were, it's all started with um, uh, virginity and the importance placed on virginity. Being a virgin is fine, I'm not saying anything about that, but how um, women who weren't were dark, and and, and even in movies, they were portrayed as there was something wrong with them, and women who were, they were shamed, and women who were virgins were were bright and pure. And I really just started digging into that. All my papers were about sex, sexuality, and the way women's bodies are treated. So when I saw your movie, I I really connected deeply with it. That's so cool. And um, what's been exciting for me, because I literally just released this a couple days ago, um, what's exciting for me, you know, is I've been releasing this on Instagram and I've been having people DM me to, you know, they're going to donate and then they DM me for the password that I'm giving out. And also, you know, I had sort of a double agenda there because I wanted to be able to hear their feedback on the film and have that dialogue. And that's another reason I made the film was really to create the dialogue because I feel like sexuality is such a taboo subject, yet it's also ever so exploited as well. It's such a weird dichotomy. And I'm like, these are just all messed up around here. You know, so, so it's been interesting to hear the feedback of the people, humanity. And it's interesting too, because I had a couple of heterosexual men watch this one, um, in their 40s, one in, I believe, his 30s. And um, also I had a gay man check out the film, and that was interesting as well. So, you know, and I've had women, but it's interesting to have that diversity. And I remember when I was doing a ton of research on this film because, yeah, I shot it quickly and had it edited quickly, but I also spent a lot of time researching how to get this out and how to do it the right way. And part of my goal was to be able to show other, you know, up and coming filmmakers, indie filmmakers, how they can make things happen without going through the bureaucracy of Hollywood and the Hollywood system. And, you know, some, and it's just, we're in a digital age now. So we have that access to equipment that is not, astronomically expensive and all of that, that makes it hard for some people to even try their hand at this kind of art form. So for me, I wanted to sort of find my way around it. And I've always been all about sort of working the system. So that's kind of what I've been trying to do with this as well. And what I found was, you know, I did it on a very low budget, but for me, I was like, I'm going to make it look like a million bucks, even if I do it on a small budget. Um, and, and that was my goal. So I'm not sure if I kind of went around and didn't answer the question, but um, no, because I think I, I made have a statement. Doing that. <laughs> I, made a, I made a statement that I connected. Okay. <laughs> so you, no what was the statement again? <laughs> that um, I just, I just so connected with the movie because I, yeah. I also was, 
realized that out in the world how women women's bodies are treated like when i first logged in right um when you first sent me the link and you had said okay just keep an open mind i thought well of course yeah this is fine but then i realized you know what it's not fine it will probably it may not be fine for other people but all it is is a woman's body and a story uh, like this should be fine that's the thing and that's i've had pushback from just even like instagram censorship and things like that i'm like this is oh, fine yeah. art this should not be restricted in any kind of way i don't feel right mm -hmm. so and and what you're saying about these are people's stories like why are we shaming that but it's because it's a taboo subject i think that's where you know we we started to go into that as well yeah the taboo aspect of it even though it's exploited it's still so very taboo people are uncomfortable talking about it and what i wanted to do was create this film so that it could really bring people together with diverse preferences diverse race whatever and also uh religious beliefs and really sort of break those boundaries down that really do separate us in humanity Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's like, guys, you know, this is the root of it to me. This yeah. is what it's sort of used against us in a lot of ways. It'd be so amazing if everybody was just comfortable talking about sex and their sexuality and their bodies and, and there wasn't this restriction and there wasn't this shame wrapped around that, especially for women. Um, it, it just would be such an amazing world i think it would be just so much more compassionate absolutely and, and it's like no one's wanting to convert you into believing anything else or preferring anything else right you know although i i don't know i've heard some different things about different people trying to be like hey you want to come on this side a little bit you know <laughs> you're curious go for it do your thing but it's not about this hard pressure of that it's really just about accepting the diversity that's out there and not having you feel like fear comes up or hate comes up. And that's based on years and years of negative programming. Yeah. You know, and, and stemming from religion and stemming from whatever people learn in their households mm -hmm. and all of that and the hate of what makes us different. Yes, absolutely. A hundred percent. I loved, um, I loved how you had, well, first of all, it was very beautiful, beautifully filmed. Um, it was at, you, you said it perfectly fine art. It was completely fine art. It was absolutely beautiful. And I loved all of the different women, their different stories, the different type of relationships they were in. I also really liked and connected with the stories of, um, of, of the, like the woman who had experienced sexual abuse, how that manifested in her relationships as she was growing up. So you had a lot of that too. It wasn't just, um, I like sex and this is the type of sex I like. No, it was beautiful st stories about these women and what they were going through with their families and with themselves and these, these interactions they were having with others. And Yeah, and I really wanted to, and it was, it was honestly magic when I was shooting it because you know, I had all these ideas of what I wanted to cover. And I had, you know, a list of bullet points of questions that I went in with to kind of get the conversation started. And honestly, it just flowed. Like there wasn't a whole lot of stop and go and stop and go at all. It was just very fluid, continual shooting. And they were just letting me have it. 
They were just giving it to me in such an eloquent and beautiful way. The most thing that I had to cut in the editing room was the you knows and the hums that we all have in, in our normal speech, right? Um, but it, there was fluidity throughout and it really just poured out of them. And I think that's also a testament to the fact that we want to tell our stories. Mm-hmm. We want to share this and not feel shamed about it. Yes, we do. And I think uh, there was about half and half. I think there was half women had experienced sexual abuse and half of them had not uh, in, in the film. And, and that was important too. I mean, like I said, I spent seven months casting the right women for this. Um, and, you know, I took my time and I had some very interesting uh, prospects, I'll say, <laughs> uh, along the way. Um, and, and even in the diversity that I did end up covering, there's still so much more out there, you yeah. know? Like, I really tried to get a good round about feeling that was relatable to a lot of people. But, you know, there's a whole world, like, we just barely tapped the, the you know, scratched the surface of BDSM. I mean, that's a whole nother thing with kink and fetish and all that stuff. And I didn't want to get too deep into that because I didn't want to turn people away from the ultimate message. So I didn't want to dive too deep, but I did have a couple of uh, people come forward that were very interesting as far as that goes uh, in the casting process. So I find, are you, are you thinking of maybe doing something in the future about that? I, I would love to. I was like thinking, I was like, you know, that would be cool if they wanted me to do like a series and I could do something cool. Obviously oh, not yeah. exactly the same, but still very, you know, intimate conversations, shot beautifully, that kind of thing. And really, you know, capturing these stories in a way that honors them. And I think, you know, I started this film in 2016, January 2016. And I remember my angels were telling me like, you need to start a movement or like there's a movement, not necessarily you need to start one, but movement kept coming into my head. Mm -hmm. And then about a year later is when Me Too happened. And I was like, oh my God, like how amazing is this? Because this was the first time in the history that women were speaking out about this kind of stuff and and the Harvey Weinstein thing. And I remember I worked for a band apart uh, on Beverly Boulevard and Miramax Films was right below us because they were were affiliated. So the fact that this was happening like right below me, I mean, obviously a lot of stuff happened in his hotel room, but that he, you know what I mean? Like that was happening. And I'm just like, oh my God, that sickens me. And I didn't have any issue at a band apart at all in that way at all. Um, But it felt still very close. And mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I was in Hollywood too, but even closer because of that connection. And, I, you know, it just was so groundbreaking, all of this coming out. And I remember it was like a wave and it came out and then it was like, it was hitting everybody. And accountability was happening. People were losing their careers. And I was blown away. I was like, this has never happened. Because women that have tried to come forward, I think, what is it, about 2% actually get like a convicted rape situation. Like it's such a low percentage. It's so sad. And excuse me if I don't have my numbers right, but I have heard that. Um, And another thing is, you know, I paid close attention to Rose McGowan. She was a very outspoken person. She was the loudest, most unapologetic voice in Me Too. 
Yeah. Not saying that all the women didn't speak up and all that, but she was like, cut the bullshit. Let's get real. Let's be honest. And I loved her approach. And I kind of have a bit of that badass side to me myself, like <laughs> cut the shit, you know? Um, so I really was so into her and her story and how damaged she was by this. And it just made me really sad. I mean, I watched her like E story, her E series that she had on that was brief. Um, and I really followed that story. And then I also um, researched Ronan Farrow, who was the one that, that broke the story in the New Yorker. And he had, you know, gone through this, what, 10 months or whatever of doing this investigative reporting about it. And I found it fascinating and I found him fascinating. He went, he's Mia, Mia Farrow's son. Um, uh, and I'm going to say Frank Sinatra's son. I'm going to go ahead and say that. <laughs> Even if other people say different. Come on, Roman, we know what's going on. That face is Frank, Frank Sinatra all day and Mia Farrow. Um, and that beautiful voice. He's got an amazing voice. He went to college at 11 years old. He is Whoa. like this phenom. And I just think about that. And I think about people's destinies. And I think about how he was meant for this. He was meant to be the man behind the women to break the story. You know, even though it originally came out, I don't know, there was somebody else, but he had been working on this. He, to me, is the first one that really broke the story. And he had Rose. He had someone who was willing to speak out. And I think he had the, the, uh, also the audio of the other, the other woman. I can't remember her name at this time. But, you know, that one really fascinated me because those were the two that I thought these people are really going to make momentum happen in this movement. And I was so blown away because I actually reached out to Rose McGowan on Instagram and I sent her a long message and I sent her some stuff about the film and I thanked her for what she has done, you know, for women. And I think that's huge. And I was surprised to see that she had under a million followers. Honestly, I was like, what? as women, we need to be following this woman. We need yeah. to look at her and, and hold her up high as the, the queen that she is. Like she helped us change history. This, this is major yeah. along with the other women involved. But to me, Rose, man, she was brave and she put up with a lot of shit. She was spied on. She was lied to, had people like planted in her life that were supposedly friends. I mean, she, she couldn't, you know, to, to walk around with that type of, paranoia you know all the time you can't trust anyone like it's just yeah. it's a sad situation and you're trying to heal from the abuses of your past and you can't trust anything happening around you it's I don't know how she survived it honestly um but I, I give it up to her and then I saw that she had seen my um my message and the way that I found that out was she was following me on Instagram oh, oh snap That's and I was blown away I was like oh my god Rose you just made my month and I sent her like a promo for the, for the um, film, you know, when I was releasing it and, you know, she hasn't returned or whatever. She's a busy woman, but it's like, she's like, I got my eye on you. You know what that I mean? That is so and awesome. I am so grateful. And I told her, I said, I'm, I've been following your story and I'm going to follow what's happening in LA because Weinstein has yet to face Hollywood, honey. Okay. <laughs> so you got a, you got, you know, you got a couple decades in jail. Okay. But you still have more coming, trust me. So, um, and in the last interview, which Ronan had done on his podcast, catch and kill with Rose McGowan after the verdict came out, um, 
they had said, um, he had asked her a very pointed question about, would you be willing to share your story in court in LA? And she said, yes. And I remember when I was listening to it, before she said yes, when he said the question, she paused and I said yes, because I knew it was coming. And she said yes, and I was like, it's on. Like, I, I'm here for it, I'm here for it, and I'm here to support her. And I just feel like she should have hundreds of millions of followers, honestly. That's how I feel. That's awesome. I love it. That's awesome. And I'm super happy that she is uh, following you and supporting you. That's super cool. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, you know, even just a follow, just again, it's just, it's like energetically acknowledging what we're trying to do for women, you know, and, and yeah. that I appreciate. So. Yeah. During that movement, one thing that made my heart, well, a lot of things made my heart sad, but was when um, I would see women, belittling other women like um if someone came out with their story and then them saying oh my god you should have come out with that sooner and i was like this is it yeah Yeah. everybody deals with with their story in a different way like let's just celebrate everybody that is you know coming forward and at least and doing it now well, and that's the thing, you know, that was the big question, like, oh, why didn't you guys say anything? Why didn't you guys say anything? And, and that's when Rose really started speaking up on her Twitter and saying, hashtag why women don't report. Yeah. Or, yeah. You know, we've been shamed for so long. And when we do speak up, it's like a lot of these women go through hell. Mm-hmm. What, what were you doing? And, and were you drinking? The wounds. <laughs> exactly. Or like, oh, and they said to her too, no one, I, I can't remember who it was. Someone in the industry had said to her, oh, maybe I think it was she went to speak out about it and her lawyer, I think even said to her, um, you know, Oh, you've been uh, in a sex scene in a, in a film. You'll never be listened to like that kind of thing. You know, the the shaming is beyond to me. And, and so that has been sort of put a muffle on women for so long. And now I was just so excited. I was like, I don't care if my film, starts the movement because it's not about the ego it's about a movement happening Mm -hmm. and that women rise up and that they open their mouths and they express their hearts and they tell their truth about what's real and what's happening and in that way we can shift society and the structure of how it's set up for women yes yes this was meant to be Cause I feel the exact same way. And my husband, like he, he hears me say it all the time. Um, that, that is absolutely awesome. I love it. In, in, inside of your um, film. So you're, you're portraying women. You want, you want people to watch this movie and what is it that you, to open their minds to accepting other people, to open their minds to accepting their body if they're women, to um, be able to maybe speak more freely about their sexuality. This is part of the movement that you're, you're edging into. Yeah. I mean, it just being part of it, you know, being part yeah. of opening up the dialogue creating the conversation and the freedom to be able to speak your mind. We are powerful women. And if we allow ourselves to tap into that power, and that's why I call it the goddess within, because it's our inner goddess. If we tap into that and honor that, 
we're going to speak our minds. We're going to say, hell no, we're not going to put up with the bullshit anymore. I deserve to be respected, to be honored. And that starts with me respecting myself and me making damn sure that you respect me too. The, the women in the movie, in, the, in your film, were so comfortable. And it was so, like I was thinking even, I don't know, this the way they moved and the way, um, um, like that, the one, the beautiful woman, she had all the, the black, I don't know what that black, uh, was it ink or? It was, it was uh, body paint. Body paint. Oh, it was beautiful. Yeah. And she, like, I'm like, these, these all need to be actors. Like, these are all actresses. They oh. must be. <laughs> No, these are real women. How did you get them to just be so calm and so well, safe? Well, I, I think, you know, um, I think that's a testament to me as a director, honestly. Yeah. I, I, you know, the way in which I approached them, it wasn't like I'm sitting at a casting table and having a lineup of women come in to audition for the role. That's not what this was. Each one I personally met with and interviewed in person. And even the ones I didn't end up casting, same situation. I sat, I had a meal with them or a dessert or something. I created a comfortable environment so that they were able to feel like they could speak freely and that they could be comfortable themselves. And on set, same situation. You know, I created a comfortable environment. We shot in downtown LA at a loft. It was and beautiful. I created, thank you, that wall, that wall sold me as soon as I thought, oh I was like, that's a thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh. yeah. Um, and I, uh, you know, I created, you know, I pl we played music during the creative parts. So we did the interviews first, okay. then we switched over. I shot two girls each day. So we did the interviews first in the bed with the sheet covering them. So mm -hmm. in that, just that covering they felt more comfortable to say the interview, to speak their stories, right? Yes. They weren't fully nude telling their stories. And then when we switched over to, and each one I created a custom um, creative bit based on their personal story, which obviously I knew about ahead of time. And in that process, you know, we, we played music, we made it a comfortable environment for them. It was, you know, it was skeleton crew. There wasn't a ton of people there. Um, although we did have a couple of issues with some of the male um, crew members that I did not invite back on day two. Um, but, you know, I handled everything. I made damn sure that no one was going to be disrespected or made to feel uncomfortable at all. Is this the first because you did everything. Mm -hmm. I saw at the end, it was like, there's a director, creators. But yeah, a lot of, a lot of, a stuff. Lot of it. Yeah. Um, were you, have you, uh, were you all self-taught or was, yeah. did you, oh yeah, okay. This yeah. has just been, you have wanted to make films since you were little. Since I was seven years wow. old, I knew this is what I needed to do. And I knew that this was the medium. And I was, you know, creative. I was, I was, you know, a photographer early on. As a child, I was fascinated with photography and shooting, you know, not, not with major cameras or anything, but like I, I was into it. I, I could see the beauty and the magic around and I wanted to capture that. You know, that was something that I was always into. And then I started my uh, photography business, I want to say in 2010, I think, I'm not sure. Yeah. I think about, yeah, about 2010. And, um, but I had been shooting, you know, the whole time I was kind of more of 
what I consider, and even now with my, with my uh, cell phone, I consider myself like a photojournalist, you know, and that's why I gravitated to Instagram. I'm not really on any other social media than Instagram. I don't give a shit, to be honest. Um, I'm not here for the popularity game. The only reason I even focused on growing my audience was to get the word out about this film. Yeah. In the process, I've become a micro-influencer. I've gotten brand deals and things like that, which I'm so grateful for because I remember... I remember being a costume designer and working on a film and I wasn't even on Instagram at the time. And this was, I want to say maybe seven years ago. And I was so late to the party when I got on Instagram. And I remember hearing that certain people got free stuff. And so I remember saying to uh, another one of the stylists that was uh, working with a celebrity at the time, I was like, yeah, I heard you get free, st- you can get free stuff. And they were like, uh, yeah, no free stuff, whatever. Blah, blah, blah. I, you just, you join and She's like, take, you know, take pictures with uh, um, other celebrities and whatever. And I, I just never wanted to do that. I never wanted to be on the coattails of anyone else mm-hmm. to gain popularity. That wasn't my thing. You know, I, I don't really care about popularity. Honestly, what I care about is connecting with the humans and getting the message out to them. So obviously you need to gather them up right? You need an audience. Right. So, um, so that was it. And then now I'm like getting free stuff. So I was kind of excited. I was like, yeah, that's one of my goals. Check. (laughs) That's really cool. I think years ago I, I started an Instagram page for my dog to get free stuff, but I got, I got bored of it. Yeah. Well, I mean, for me, I was like, you know, I, I looked into all different types of, um, I spoke to PR people and they wanted to charge me for three months, um, with no guarantee, um, but they wanted $5,000 a month and they wanted me to sign a contract. And I'm just like, that doesn't seem like a fair business <laughs> to me. You know, there was so much that I learned along the way in this industry that I feel is honestly very unfair, especially to the creatives. Mm. So for me, I was adamant about doing it my way and researching and finding a way, you know, move like water. It's like when mm. you see resistance, keep moving. So that's what I've done so far. And, you know, I'm still like, a, this has only been released a couple of days and I'm hoping that it builds momentum and that people will share it and um, continue to, to give people opportunity to see this film. And, and really, I want the world to see it, to be honest. I mean, I really do um, for the message that it is. And then also yeah. to, to give me another opportunity to create again. You know, that's really what it is because this is my first film and this is what I produced. So I think that says a lot about what I have in me and the potential that I have. Yeah, so. absolutely. Since you released it yourself, can, are you still going to, or can you still um, submit it to like Sundance? I have no idea what any of I that works. I already submitted to Sundance. Okay. So they have it. Okay. I was refused. Okay. And um, uh, we sent it out to Outfest as well. And the Women's Festival, I think, Brentonville, I think if I'm right, the one that Gina Davis runs, um, all unaccepted. And this was all before Me Too movement, by the way. So Mm -hmm. I feel like the climate may be different for these, this type of thing. And I thought about it too, and I was like, Sundance is probably thinking, what the hell will we do with this? Because it is all nudity. How would we market it? How would we whatever? You know, it might have been sort of a problem for them to find a way to fit it into their programming. That's what I thought. Mm. And the only reason I even wanted to do a festival wasn't for the law, you know, the laurels or whatever. I could give a shit about any of that. But it was really about getting an opportunity for distribution. 
to again get the message out. Yes, you need that's what the audience. You need the you need people right. to see it. And this so. was the system that was designed, <laughs> and this is the system that I've been finding my way and working my way around. That is that's so upsetting because it's so it. Yes, it, there was they were nude. There it, there was nudity, but it was just so beautiful. I mean, I've seen photographs. It, it's beautiful, like uh, paintings that you've seen of Renaissance times, or like statues that are carved. You know, that that it was like that type of beauty. So yeah, it's I so felt that was important to show because I felt like the audience would, and I'm that's the kind of shooter I am. I like to capture beauty. Yeah. Um, but I also like to capture the essence of people's souls. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what I really, you know, was, I feel that I effectively did that mm -hmm. in this film and that I make, cause what you, what happens when you do that is you're able to speak to people on many, many levels in their psyche. You're, you're, you're pushing so many buttons at that point and you're able to really penetrate the message in ways, whereas, I mean, we're so inundated with images nowadays. We have such a short attention span. You know, it's like next, next, next. But this, you know, even my cuts aren't the traditional like three second cut, three second cut, three second cut that you're taught. I'm like, no, I'm gonna take my time with this. I'm gonna cut it when it feels right. Mm -hmm. You know, and so I just, Again, I just did it my way. And I, I feel good about that because I feel like people need to be who they are as artists or as just as humans. You know, put your stamp on it. Make it your own way, regardless of what the rules and the, the criteria is. Yes. There's so much out there when you're creating something and people want to pop in and say, oh, but this is the way you should do it. I was just talking to somebody about it. This is the way you should do it. This is the right way to do it. But then when I am um, watching, say, like what you create, listening to podcasts for some people that I really, really like, all of that sort of thing, they're all just doing it and they're doing it their way. And obviously there are some rules like, that, you know, it has to have good audio. You have to be able to hear that, you know, things like that, right. but they're just, they're doing it. Yeah. So what else is you, uh, let me finish my question. What else is in you that you want to create? Or is it right now? You may have a lot of stuff. There is all that Ad, I call it admin, but it's probably not even really admin stuff that goes into it. Like I love talking to people and creating the podcast. Mm -hmm. Then there's all this stuff outside of that, of building the audience and getting it out there and all of the other admin right. stuff. So right. are you going to start working on something new or is right now it's like a real push focus for this project right now? Well, I think right now with just sort of the, the state of the world, everyone's on lockdown and trying mm -hmm. to find creative ways to make money remotely. Um, what's interesting is I actually started another business called Simple Digital Marketing. And I started that maybe like a couple weeks ago. It really hasn't even oh. been that long. Um, but I did that because with everything that I've learned along the way, learning, you know, get this film and building my audience on social and all that I wanted to create a situation because I really do care about humanity and I care about us being able to sustain ourselves. And I think that's really important. And so part of having a sustainable lifestyle is creating what I feel is a small business. And so I like to help small businesses grow. 
and using my skills my, from the design aspect to what I've learned about social media and just, you know, web design and different things like that. I put it all in one into the simple digital marketing. And <clears throat> I feel like that's something that, again, can serve humanity and also yeah. serve my creative, you know, juices in a way, kind of let them come out. But I definitely have an intention to create another film and I have an idea for it. Um, but, you know, life happened and struggles just trying to get this one out yeah. over four years. Um, so until I think I'm in a situation where I really can have the extra finances, it just doesn't make sense. And I haven't fully wrapped my head around how I would do it, but my next um, project, I wanted to be on spirituality and magic. Because, um, you know, again, tackling that big topic of religion and how it's affected us and, and just really sort of getting to the core of spirituality and connecting to uh, the spirit realm. I mean, I'm a spiritual healer myself, so I hear from my angels all day long. They tell me so people wonder how I know things. It's like, I'm kind of psychic. I'm clairvoyant. I'm clairaudient. I'm clairsentient, you know, so and I didn't understand that growing up. I just knew that I was different and I knew that I had these abilities that didn't really, not everybody was comfortable with. I'll say that. Um, How did you discover that? What, well, what's like, it's just, you just all of a sudden information pops in and you just know stuff, you know? And it's like, how did I know? It wasn't like I researched it and found it. It just comes to me. And I can, you know, and I think that's another thing that I used in the making of this film and, and casting the right women is just really intuiting. I have very strong intuition. I intuited like, oh yeah, that feels right. Like I said with you too, it's like, ah, oh, that feels right. You know, you just, it's just a knowing. It's hard to explain because it's just, it's, it's beyond explanation. It's beyond logic. Yeah. Yeah. I've always thought um, one thing that I can do or that I notice, but I, I don't, I don't make it clear in my head is I can feel when something is off with someone. And there's been times where I might just, I just, their energy. And I'm like, Hey, how are you doing? But then I have to be careful because then like, if I'm at work, somebody might go, why? I'm fine. You know, and be like, it, <laughs> because you may have touched something you may be onto something uh, and they instantly put their defense mechanism up yeah or they'll be like yeah there's something wrong and cry and um i love that i went to a i i think it was like a few months ago got my energy flowing and my chakras balanced yes that was insane i was like okay i'm gonna lay here and i'm just gonna let's do this and the the pain the sadness the joy like everything as she just moved my energy when did this happen this was about i think it was about three or four months ago yeah oh and i just think, find that very interesting and then you connect with me i find that very fascinating because i am a spiritual healer i do reiki i align chakras i have created some amazing miracles in the world including um healing people that baffle western medicine um wow. so you know and, and I don't really take claim for that. I know that's the spiritual world working through me. That's not about me. It's about the gift that they put through me, you know? And I feel the same way about my creativity too. I, and, and honestly, like I was calling on the goddess the whole time I was making my film. And I call on all sorts of angels and and Jesus and Buddha and everybody. I'm like, I want the entire arsenal working with me. <laughs> yes. 
You know, I, I don't discriminate. No, no. Uh, as long as you're, you know, as long as you're benevolent, you're a benevolent being, we're good. Because yes. I can use an entire army. I've got big plans here, you know, so. Um, I love that. <laughs> so, so yeah, so I, I totally understand uh, what you're talking about is the chakras and it being, was that your first experience? Yes. So my mom was very much into tarot and, and healing and speaking to spirit guides. And so I grew up with that. Um, but my very first experience of, yeah, that chakra balancing and that healing thing, she called it angel, mind blowing, right? angel healing. Yeah. yeah now that we're yes. talking angels, she, man. Yeah. She had me pull oh, three, uh, cards from yeah. an angel deck. Okay. And, um, it had said of around telling a story. That's what she had told me. And I hadn't told her anything. And I told, at first I always thought the way to tell a story was to write a book, right? That's what I'd have to do. Mm-hmm. But the book was never coming. I was never, you know, I have bits and pieces. It wasn't never working. And so I was like, well, I have been writing this book. And she's like, you have to do this. You have to do this. Now talking to you, actually, it just hit me. This is the story. It's, it's not the book that I haven't done. It's, it's this, it's talking to people yeah, about their it's stories. It's talking to people. It's yes. talking to people. And, and you, as, as I've already said to you, um, you know, I was very impressed with how you communicate. That's why I asked you if you'd had performer background, because I am so particular about uh, performance and communication and how it comes out and and how I am putting my message out whatever it is yeah. it doesn't matter who I'm speaking to and you know I have a performer background and so that's why I asked you because you're just so good at it and uh, you know I'm listening to you on the podcast with great audio um, on your intros and just how when you were doing the ones on your own you had that really great audio and I was like man she's just made for this She is made for this. And I think that's what it is. And that's why she said you have to do this because, you know, and the angels are always wanting to guide you in the right direction toward your highest good so that you evolve as a human being, but you evolve in your spiritual being as well, you know, and that you are being the best version of yourself and then hopefully helping humanity serving in some sort of way along the way. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Oh, I love it. I love it. Mm-hmm. Okay. What do you, what do you, what else do you want to share? Like I want to make sure when I know that when I'm going to talk to somebody or do something, I have all these ideas and I want to make sure, and I have all these, these things written out. And then I never want anyone to walk away going, Oh, darn it. I wish I would have. You know what? I actually did put together a list. <laughs> I wish I would have talked about that. Like a couple of uh, little, little talking points here. So let me just see if I covered them all. I know I've covered yeah. some of them. While you're looking at that, I wanted to tell okay. you that um, yeah. uh, this was, this is, People need this and want this, as you know, but I can especially say um, I've had a lot of people reach out to me um, via messaging. So privately about, Hey, are you going to talk about intimacy? Are you going to talk about how abuse affected your sexual life, affected your relationships? And they want it. They want to hear it. Um, And they may not be ready to share how it affects them, but they want to hear somebody else talking about how it affects them. 
Right. Well, they can definitely check out my film too. Yes. A, different, a whole nother experience uh, about that and listening to the stories. And I think it's, I think it is very healing. And, you know, back to you and your podcast and the episodes that I listened to, um, I wanted to kind of talk briefly about Jordan's story. But before that, mm -hmm. um, I want to talk about yours a little bit yeah. um, and just talk about the point that you keep coming back to in your, in your podcast about how important it is to get your story out. And even when, when you were talking to Jordan and she was saying that, you know, her, the person she's with was uncomfortable about hearing it, you know, I think we need to talk about it. I think we need yeah. to be hurt. Even if he cries and they have that moment, that's going to bond them even stronger. Yes. We need to feel heard. That is such a respectful thing from one human to another, regardless of gender. To feel heard is a sense of honoring and respecting ourselves and our own personal stories. And I think that in itself is so healing. And you have said that, and you even said that to Jordan at that, um, in the episode. And I feel that that's super important. And I know there's so many people that just like hold back, hold back, hold back. And yet you see how that affects them in different ways. Like, you know, like she's talking about with her tics and things like that. You know, there's all these different ways that those types of things eat at us because it's deep in our subconscious and it's stewing away mm -hmm. and it's eating away at us day after day, moment after moment. And once we free ourselves by really speaking our truth, and just honoring ourselves, honoring our own inner child, honoring our own soul and like the experience we've had on this planet, you know, there's a whole bunch of healing that can come beyond what the angels are capable of doing and, and the miraculous, some of the miraculous things that I've been able to experience and help facilitate. Um, you know, it, it really as women, I think that's the thing that historically we've been so silenced and that has been such a detriment for us yes and i think it's okay because i think we're always trying to be so accommodating and we're always trying to take care of others that we sometimes forget to take care of ourselves yes and taking care of ourselves and being heard by whether it's you know our loved ones or our our lover whoever it is honor me listen to me i need to be heard right now this is not about you getting defensive. This is not about you hiding away from me. I need to be heard. And as soon as you do that, man, you just break down the walls. You break down the walls and you open up and you're like, oh, all of a sudden I don't have ticks anymore. Look at that. There is literally a physical healing that comes over that when you break through that silence barrier. You are so one billion percent right. And that's something I definitely, and I reached out to Jordan actually after um, I, and I don't even know if she's seen the, the message uh, yet. I haven't seen a response yet, but I've been on my phone like crazy, like never before uh, trying to get this film out and messaging a million people and talking about the people that have seen the film. And oh, it's been a lot. Like, I'm like, oh my God, I, I can't stop. I can't stop. I can't stop. It's <laughs> insane. Um, but um, I think, yeah. So I have a couple points here. I talked about love, shame, acceptance those we covered. Oh, the advocate articles, articles, sorry, the advocate articles. I wanted to talk about a little bit about that. So yeah. during the um, process of filming, um, I was at a point where I still needed to gather funds. And I, um, before I first started, sorry, 
backtrack a little bit. Before I first started, I started a Kickstarter campaign. I had a couple of friends uh, donate. I was not big on social media at all. Um, and I really didn't feel comfortable asking people for money. You know, it just wasn't something I was comfortable with at all. Yeah. Um, I prided myself on starting businesses and making, even though I had my own artist struggles and financial struggles along the way, I just felt good about making my own money. So for me, it was hard to ask, but I did start a Kickstarter campaign that did not fund um, before I made this film. And then I think it was a couple years later that I actually started making the film um, based on some creative financing that I did and uh, getting some credit <laughs> increases and things like that. Um, but so at a certain point after the, the film had been shot and I had already submitted to, to Sundance and been denied, um, I reached out to the advocate because I was wanting to start yet another campaign. At that point, I had a little bit of following, not, not a whole lot, um, but I wanted to try it again. You know, I was like, let me try it again. I found, I can't remember, oh, who did I go with? Oh, Indiegogo. You had a flexible option. So even if you only got a little bit of money, you could still keep it, that kind of thing. You know, all the limitations. I dealt with so many limitations along the way. And I'm really just trying to, again, move like water and find my way through this um, and break down those barriers. And so I did uh, reach out to them. And Allison Tate, who worked there at the time, was kind enough to uh, listen to what I had to say, watch some of the film or I think she watched the whole thing. I can't remember, but she um, took this to the editors and the editors were definitely interested in running the story. So they ran a story um, and included a bit of like a little clip of the film. And then it was like, oh yeah, please support her Indiegogo campaign. That was at the end, right, of the article. And then they approached me again and said, we wanna do another article and we wanna include the um the fine art nudes stills that you shot on set and i was like what oh my god amazing right i was like so into it and they were like yeah we're super impressed da, 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 whatever now i shot those on my iphone 6s plus oh wow so again you know i'm trying to show people that it's not about the equipment you don't have it's about really being able to make the most of what you have. And again, with digital technology, it's amazing what we can do. And then now what the iPhone is at compared to even that 6S Plus, which was pretty badass at the time. You know, it was the first time that I think it actually outranked the Samsung, which I was using prior <clears throat> to that. Um, and so they reached out and I was like, oh my God, yes. And they published over 30 of those images and it was the first time in the history of the advocate magazine to wow. ever publish female nudes and i felt so honored and i was like wow, wow. we're already making history that's yeah. how I felt. and this was all before the me too and everything right and i was like yes and so i felt so honored and i still like you know they're they're years old now you know these articles but um, I still hold them dear and I sent them out to so many different people about the film, approaching people for different things, um, looking for distribution and PR and different things. And, um, and those have really, really helped me. And I just feel so honored, um, even as an artist to, to have my stuff published by them yeah. and have these fine art nudes that really meant so much to me, as well as the overall message of this film. Because I think even in those stills, 
it says so much. And you saw them at the end, they're running with the credits, right? Yes. The compilation of those there. Um, and I wanted to find a way to incorporate that into the film as well. Cause I was like, man, I just love these so much. I want to incorporate them in. And so I came up with the idea to put those on the end credits and it was all me, 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 me. <laughs> I loved it though. <laughs> I did this too. Oh, and I did this and I did this. Oh yeah. For the record, I, d- I was the executive producer, the producer, director, uh, the cinematographer, DP, oh, sorry, yeah, DP or cinematographer, uh, and the editor. I ended up having to edit myself. I was looking for someone else to do it, but then I was like, I don't understand how any of these filmmakers could actually have somebody else cut their work. Like yeah. for that, for me, and especially this piece was so personal and it had, had to do with nude women. I didn't want some guy that I was going to hire and see all this content. Like I no, I was, I very much was very confidential with this along the way. I was very protective of these women. Yeah. Um, they, none of them had been nude before on camera and they trusted me and I would, you know, I'll be damned if I was going to let them down. So I cut it myself. And again, just learn Final Cut on my own, just doing it, just like, whatever. I'm not saying I'm perfect at it, but hey, I made it work. And I, I just, I, again, I think what, what's shown in the film is my creative abilities, my abilities to, to sort of think outside the box and do it differently. And I think that was the thing. And I can say um, proudly that I've never seen a documentary film like this. And it's my yeah. first film. So I feel really good about that, you know. Um, but I'm super grateful to The Advocate for what they've done. And, and I don't know if you're familiar with The Advocate, but that is a, the first um, LGBTQ uh, magazine in Los Angeles. So wow. they have great history and, and they're, you know, an impressive magazine. So I just felt really good because I'm very much um, want to target, you know, the right people to, to be part of this project. And you, you know, you're, you're just starting out and all that, but I just felt it. I was like, mm. I'm so honored that you came to speak with me because I, I was, I can't even explain how lit up I was. I was like, yes, yes, yes. This is absolutely amazing. I want to be all about this. I can't wait. I just want, I want everybody to see it in the world. And I want even people that would be uncomfortable with it. I want, I just want everybody to see it and experience Well, Yeah. And I want those people to see it, especially, I think, yeah. because once you see it, I feel like some of those barriers fall down and you're not as uncomfortable anymore. Yeah. And that was the goal, honestly. And what I find is so interesting is even in this, you know, beginning stages of just releasing it, who the audience that is watching it and giving me feedback are the ones that unnecessary I mean I I have you know we had a screening in LA so we got to see it on the big screen oh with the cast some of the cast and the crew and some friends that's so that was a special moment for sure um but throughout the process and submitting it to different festivals and stuff some people have been you know I've had like a good focus group of people give me feedback on this along the way so it's not like oh these are the first time I'm hearing people talk about my film so and I felt very good about it because I felt a certain kind of way about it but I wanted to make sure that it was connecting with the people and really see, and I knew it was gonna push buttons. I knew it could potentially be triggering, but I knew that once you pushed past that, it was gonna be healing. Yes, I'm so happy you said that because before I had interviewed somebody, so it was just me talking, I was really nervous about that. I was nervous about if I trigger somebody and they're alone, or if I do this, or if I do that, But 
in my soul and in my heart, I knew there was the power behind just releasing the story that's eating away at you. And, um, but that's the thing. We just be ourselves. We put it out there and we push through it. And that is where the healing is. Yeah. And if you don't feel it, and that's the thing, most people go, Oh, I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to feel it. Well, mm-hmm. guess what? It's eating you alive on the inside and you are having all these different weird behaviors and things like that. And you're defensive and reactionary and whatever else, because of that, because of that, this is a deeply rooted thing that you need to bring up from the depths of your soul, from the depths of your subconscious and actually speak about it and deal with it. And then you're pushing through. It's like face your fears, right? Yep. As you face your fears, you take the power away from that fear. Yes. Yes. And people, I don't even- you take the power back. You take the power back. Yes. You reclaim your power. I don't even think like um, people- I mean, some people might not even realize, because I know I didn't for a long time, I would feel depressed. Like I would, I would be fine. And then one day I'd wake up and I would be depressed. And I'd be like, gosh, why, why am I so depressed? What can I do? I was practicing Buddhism. I was trying so hard to get past this. And I realized, I linked, if I had the day before seen a movie, it might not have been about uh, rape or abuse or anything, but maybe that was something in it or a something was referenced um, or a news story uh, about something that happened to a child or somebody was raped, something like that. Right. Um, I, I, I would hear it and then, you know, you know, I'd go about my day and the next day, like I would be depressed, mm-hmm. guaranteed. Mm-hmm. And that was inside of me responding to something and I didn't even realize it. I really start you to think may about be it. an empath also because you said you sort of sense when people ha- are off or whatever yeah. I'm an empath myself so I am very much very tuned in very aware of what people are going through in fact I feel their emotions yes and sometimes that's hard for me to sort of figure out within myself like is that my emotion is that somebody else's like and I dealt with depression for many years I mean dealing with some of the stuff that I've gone through in the past as well as um you know just not feeling feeling very unique in the world and not feeling very like I fit anywhere Mm -hmm. I think all of that just sort of and as an artist you know we're very sensitive normally and I just always had that issue with depression for many years. And I feel like I've, I came, I got out of it finally, like in my uh, later years, I, I definitely pushed through that. So I feel good about that. I feel like, wow, there's a real healing that happened. And it was right around the time. It was actually through the experience of, of making this film that my depression stopped. Oh, so yeah, it's pretty amazing. So I feel That's like magical. Yeah, and, and also I want to talk a little bit about the couple, Sin and Jay, right? Um, when they yep. came to me, um, originally I was just going to cast Jay. And then she said at the time her manager was her partner, Sin. And so when we, when we had our interview, she was talking a lot. And Sin is a lot more talkative than Jay is. And... I was like, you know what? It just hit me. I was like, you know what? Would you want to be part of this as well? And I'm telling you that was the best decision I made because I think seeing their love and their creative part where they're in the bed together just really drives home this message in a whole nother way than if I hadn't had a couple show you what love is. 
Do yeah. you know what I mean? Yes, yes, I do. It was beautiful. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious to hear your, your um, outcome in that, but I yeah. want to just also briefly talk about at the time, Sin was not accepted by her family. Right. You know, she had lived her life as a heterosexual woman. She'd gotten married. Um, and then she was not, you know, what she got involved with Jay, her family basically shunned her. You know, her brothers and sisters, I think her sisters mostly know, but her brother kind of had issues at first. And then um, they shunned her. So through the process of this film, and then when the advocate um, story came out, the stories came out, she started getting a lot more acceptance from her family. So there's already been healing happening through the process of making this film, the advocate, the things that happened along the way. And now they're married. They have three kids. Um, yeah. Oh, so that's right. Cause it's been years and years. Cause she's talking about getting married in yep. four months. Yep. Oh. Yeah, and then I think actually they got married sooner than the four months. They decided to go and get married and kind of elope and do it in Beverly Hills because they just knew there was such a divide with the family. They were like, let's not even go through that stress. Let's just do it. So they did. That is such a good, I'm so glad you brought that up because yeah. um, by, by watching this film, I, I really loved the people. Like, I wanted to know what happened to them. I thought um, for, I thought it was so brave. I would think things like, okay, so, so Sin is talking about how she's like in the corporate world and how her family feels and all of this. And, and what are they going to think after this film? I hope that it brings them together. I hope that they're not ashamed and angry because she had talked about that and she feel that. So that's right. really good to know. Yeah. Well, you know, and I will say that, you know, I think even first when the advocate article came out um, or even right after the filming, uh, each one of the women kind of felt it had a, it's had an interesting reaction to it afterwards. And I think we all go through that, the oh, sort yeah. of layers of, Oh God, you know, was that the best thing to do? And what did I fear, do? Right. You're put, you, the, pe <laughs> yeah. the fears come up. They just, they come up and so they had to deal and push past all of that. And then they're back in a more loving state. And I think that kind of might be where Sin and Jay is right now. Cause I've released the film. They're kind of like, okay, we got three kids now. Like, uh, uh, oh, I feel, I feel that happening. And, um, you know, we haven't really discussed it, but again, mm -hmm. I, I pick up on information. So that's kind of how I'm feeling right now. So I feel like it's, again, we're sort of going through that additional step of like, oh God, the world's seeing me. Yeah. And you know what, though? It was, I know I keep using the word beautiful, but it was so beautiful. And that's the thing yeah. is we should be okay right. with our children seeing that I love my body. I, you should love your body. Yeah, I love this woman. You can love whoever you want to love. There's nothing shameful about this. That's exactly. what we need to be raising our children and ourselves. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And like, listen, we're in a world that has nothing but diversity in it. Mm -hmm. And the more we start to accept each other and our differences, the more harmonious we're going to be within our own spirit. Yeah. And in our interpersonal relationships, our business relationships across the board. I mean, the fact that now like, you know, even in advertisement, you're starting to see trans people in, in standard like commercials 
you know, things like that. I, I'm just like, yes, because we have a world filled with all kinds of people. Remember when it was just like on television was nothing but white people. I mean, it's insane. <laughs> yes. Like what a strange, you know, I, and another thing I was thinking about recently, which is kind of random, but <clears throat> I thought about all the animals on the planet. I thought about how we don't see animals. We only see our little domestic, you know, dogs or cats yeah. or whatever. We don't see, you know, there are so many amazing animals on this planet. And just imagine like and every now and then I'll kind of visualize, like if I were just to walk out and just see all the animals and just have them like accessible. Yeah. So be able to like interact with them or whatever. And there's so much fear behind that, right? Like, oh, let's put them in a zoo. Let's cage them. Let's get, you know, yeah. not, and, and rightly so on certain aspects, but you know, they're not as, you know, they're not these like horrendous beasts that are ready to kill you. You know what yeah. I'm There is so much. That's so crazy. You say that my daughter, I'm not, it was something on Disney. Um, and it was about animals and insects and stuff. I'm not sure what it was because it was playing when I walked in today and I was sitting there with her and we were watching the, the bees collect pollen and bring it back. Bees. And they were putting it in these pockets or these baskets, they call them in their legs and bringing it back. And I, I realized, Oh my God, I knew that bees went to flowers and made honey, but I had no idea about that. You gotta the pollen somewhere. Yeah, right? I, I didn't like, know that either. I didn't know that until you told me that. But I knew that they gathered the pollen. Yeah, I, I didn't know if it would just stuck to them because they're very like it'll stick. Yeah, but I love that they're like stashing it away. That's so cool. And then the monarch butterflies—that was another thing. Oh. When they made the um, when they made their cocoon, I'm probably saying the wrong word, but when they, they made that, they literally, oh, oh god, so they're in their skin, and then they're pushing out of their skin, and this. This thing is this this cocoon, this chrysalis is within their skin, and then they break out of the chrysalis. I was just blown away, and I knew this happened because I yeah. knew about butterflies, but right. not like that. Like seeing it, and I'm so glad you brought that up because you actually reminded me of something that I do want to uh, tell you. Um, you know, butterflies represent transformation, and that's what I'm all about. Um, I have Pluto rising in my chart. I have my son in the eighth house and that's like, I'm deep into astrology, but that basically means I have a lot of scorpionic energy and Scorpio rules, sex, death, and transformation. So I made a film about sex <laughs> and transformation, right? And, and death, like, you know, the death of the ego, death is metaphoric. It's not just about mm -hmm. the physical death, right? Um, but when it comes to butterflies, butterflies, their whole process, they start as a larvae then they move into the chrysalis and then they come out this beautiful butterfly, right? They are the example of transformation. Their life is transformation. And then when we talked a little bit back about facing the fears and then pushing through that, that's like us breaking out of the chrysalis. Yes. You know, and, but we have to do the work to do that. Yes. And it takes work. No one else, you can't outsource that shit. You know, you have to dig in and do the work. But the, the story that you uh, made me think of, because um, I'm always talking to the angels and I see synchronicities everywhere. And I'm very tight, you know, again, only child, my friends are the angels, you know? Um, and I don't have a large circle of friends myself, even if I have a following, um, I, I, which I really, I like to call them supporters and not followers. But I talk to the angels all the time. I talk to my, my spirit team. 
and I ask them for signs and they deliver. And one time, and I don't remember, I have to look at my phone to see, cause I actually have a video that I shot. Um, I think it was, I think it was actually March of last year. I remember asking the angels to show me a sign if all of my dreams were going to come true, including my film, experiencing the true love on the level that I want to experience it. Um, and sacred sexuality, which is a whole other thing that we didn't really talk about in the film too much. <laughs> I mean, it was sort of loosely covered, but not, not to the level that I've studied and whatever. Um, and I asked them, I said, I want, you, I want a sign. If all my dreams are going to come true, I want a sign. And I said, I want it to be big. I said, I want it to be butterflies all around me. And I said, and I don't just mean two, because I'm very specific when I ask, right? I said, and I don't just mean two. I want them like all around me. That's what I said. What are the chances of something like that happening? Right. Go into like a butterfly farm or where, I don't know, <laughs> even what they have. Or it's come it's true. Right? It's a butterfly farm. So, so about two weeks later, I am supposed to be, I'm, at this time I'm living in Westwood uh, at a guest house of a, of a friend. <clears throat> and I was supposed to be working that day. So that changed in the morning, just like, I don't even remember exactly how or what it, it happened, but it got changed and it got canceled. So I'm like, okay, well, what do I do? You know? Um, so I went to Target to go grab some supplies. On my way back from Target, I'm coming down Westwood Boulevard and I'm crossing Wilshire. So I'm at that light right there. Mm -hmm. And I'm sitting there, I got the music on, whatever. <clears throat> and all of a sudden, and this, my angels will do this to me all the time. They will just have me like all of a sudden boop, look somewhere and see something. Boom. Just like that. Right. And I did. And I saw two butterflies, two monarch butterflies. And I looked and I got the feeling of my, the sign that I had asked for. And I was like, and I said, no, cause I said not two butterflies. Right. So then I start driving and as I'm crossing Wilshire Boulevard, I see what looks like a swarm of insects. And I was like, oh my God, what is that, locusts? Like, what, what is that? <laughs> so I cross that and I pull over to the right because I start seeing all this stuff. I'm like, what in the world is that? I pull over to the right and I take my phone out and I turn the camera on the video and I'm looking out the window and I'm like, oh my God, I go, is that butterflies? Oh my God, like thousands of them. And I was like, oh. and I, I turned my camera right where I had pulled over. When I put my camera on my video uh, recorder on, I videotaping and in the frame of what I'm videotaping was just, just you know, the, the butterflies that are driving, that are flying by. Um, it, there happens to be an awning of, on a business and right on, on that awning says love. And that happens to me all the time. I see love signs and whatever all the time, right? And I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, right? I was like, oh, what is, cold chills. what is this? And um, so I drive, I end up driving back uh, to where I was staying in Westwood. And uh, the woman that I was staying with, her mother, her older mother, like in the, her 90s, was home. And I went, oh my God, come outside, Giselle, come outside, come outside to the backyard. And I had my camera and I started videotaping the butterflies and I'll send it to you so you can see yes, it. Yes, I want to see it. And I put, you know, I edited it, put some music to it, whatever. 
Um, but it was the most magical feeling that is indescribable. And I'm like, oh my God, this is my sign. And then, you know, cut to, you look at like, oh, monarchs, billions of monarchs flew through Los Angeles. Never has happened in the history of the world. Apparently because of like climate changes or whatever else, they took a different path and flew through Los Angeles to give me the sign that I asked for. It, it just blew me away. And so, you know, and it's interesting now, you know, the, the, the world is shut down and I have a captive audience. So I just yeah. waste my film. I have noticed recently when you are moving into being uncomfortable to follow what your love is, to follow the whisper, to follow what your passion is, you, you also start being presented. The universe is, gives you these signs. And I know in the past when I would like try to do things that um, like say, write that one book that I thought I needed to write or whatever it was, I just felt blocked. And then when I started to move into this, which was very, it was uncomfortable for me, especially telling my story, but I just kept pushing forward and pushing through. Um, when I would feel down, like, oh, what am I doing? No one's going to want to hear this. Why, why, how am I, no one's going to want to hear this story. And then it was it was like eerie clockwork. I would, my phone would bling and I would look and I would have a message from somebody I didn't know saying, this is needed in the world. I loved it. And it was like constant to where yep. I was like, this, this, this is it. And the universe is telling me, and I would find myself going, thank you universe. Thank you so That's much. That's right. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, and the more grateful you are, the more good things come your way. Absolutely. That's just the law of the universe. And, um, it's it's so real and the spirit world is constantly communicating us with us if we pay attention you know how many times have you thought like oh you know what i thought of that and i didn't do it and man i should have you know i should have just went with what came to me yes they're yes. talking to you they're telling yeah. you i did that Trust the other night yeah. you know you call it intuition but i i also am very aware that i'm being spoken to by angels and they talk to me and they help guide me that's my spirit team. You know, they're guiding me through. They're letting me know. They're whispering, hey, this is what you need to know right now. This is the direction you need to head. You know? I am curious. In those moments oh. of doubts. Yeah. Yeah. When they're That's like, when no, no, no. pops up and you're like, oh. <laughs> so maybe if you're not getting those and you're trying to focus on this and, and you're not getting those. Maybe that's not the thing you're supposed to be focusing on. Cause I know I've always right. wanted to do this, but I kept, I was too scared maybe. Mm -hmm. And so I would focus on other things and those weren't the right things. Yeah. And I know that you've dealt with fear issues with it. And I remember when you did your live, I popped on your live on Instagram and you were like, Oh my God, I'm blushing. I'm nervous. Da, da, da. But you push through. And again, your voice is made for this. You sounded so great. The way in which you wrap your mouth around the word and how you, it comes from the heart chakra and the throat chakra, and it's just comes up and out. And there's so much care in what you're doing and you really have a passion for it. And this is what you're meant to do. And podcasts are hot right now. So, you know, again, you know, making sure the audio quality is right and on par, you can really make, you know, make this happen and make this grow. And it starts somewhere. Yeah. So you're already, you know, five, you've already, well, published five episodes. I don't know what episode this is going to be, but, you know, and you've got this whole plan for April and one step at a time, it's going to happen. I mean, my film started somewhere. Yeah. And it was beautiful. It's, this, I mean, you know, it is definitely what you need to be doing. I feel very compelled. 
Yeah. And I know when I feel compelled, that's the right thing to do. That is awesome. Do you, this is probably a side note maybe for another time, but you would, you had mentioned that when you are feeling, you feel what people are feeling Mm -hmm. and I can totally relate to that. Um, How do you maybe shut it off or put up a a barrier? Because I found that other people, then it will, I will feel it and then I will be down and I will be drained, Mm -hmm. especially if I can't help them. (laughs) Oh yeah. Especially if, yeah. And for me, I'm a spiritual healer. So I'm like, you know, I have an ability to be able to help them. Right. Which I feel is with you, even having people tell their stories is, is facilitating healing. It is. And, um, but to feel like you're constrained. I mean, that happened, I think with one person in particular, uh, that I came across that I, I actually did a Reiki session for and, and, and strange things occurred. And, um, they ended up having a bit of a mental breakdown and separated themselves from me. So I felt very, um, you know, bound and restricted from being able to complete the job of healing. Because when you go through uh, a spiritual ascension, which, you know, doing chakra work and things like that can, can bring up um, and, and it's something completely foreign to you. You can move into such a state of fear that you maybe do have a mental breakdown. You can have, there's all kinds of things that can go wrong because you're so consumed by the fear. And then again, it also depends on what kind of habits you have in your life, how healthy they are or not, whether or not, again, it's like pushing, it's that chrysalis, you're pushing through it. So yeah, so that was that, that was the one time I felt very kind of restricted and not able to do my thing. And you had mentioned that when they kind of, they distanced themselves because they were going through that thing and you weren't able to um, continue or complete the healing. Mm-hmm. I, that is something that I had worried about with um, the podcast is that someone comes on and they share the story and then they leave and then how they're feeling after that. And yes. I, so I do try to reach out. And I was wondering because on that, on your film, um, beautiful transgender woman, she seemed to still have some pain. And I, I believe she even said that she's, she's still working through that. Yeah. And then the movie is over. Right. How do you get that feeling when, with the people that you engaged with that, there's still some healing there, but maybe it's not your place or or do you keep in touch? No, I've kept in touch with all of them. Yeah. I kept in touch with mostly all of them and some, um, I had to separate from as well Mm -hmm. again. And, and you know what I've realized too now, and even with that, that example that I brought where I felt kind of restricted and not able to do my thing that sometimes people need to separate and do their own thing and heal on their own in their own time and figure things out too, to really, learn and go through their own spiritual ascension, right? Their own spiritual evolution. So, um, uh, but I got very close to Des. Uh, she's the one with the black paint. Yes. And, um, and the beautiful tattoos. Sid and Jay, you know, yeah, yeah, all the tattoos. Um, and Sid and Jay, you know, their story. I already gave you a little, yeah. uh, a little, uh, what happened after. And um, when it comes to Jasmine, uh, yes. We have definitely stayed in touch and we've been very open in communication. And then there's been points where we've sort of separated as well, mm-hmm. um, where I find that she kind of pulls back and I have to allow for that, you know, yeah. um, 
you know, I understand that now in a way that I used to think I, I used to take it personal and feel like, oh, what? I tried to help you, you know, like, mm-hmm. why are you distancing or why, you know, but it's like everyone has to deal with their fears in their own way. And again, it's that chrysalis. It's like, there's so much uncertainty and the fears and the programming that we've dealt with. And I'm like, yeah, let's bust through the barriers. And they're like, yeah. And then they're like, wait a minute, <laughs> shit, what, what, you know? So, you know, I mean, I, I think I, I, I pitch it quite well, but the actual steps of walking through it is not always easy, you know? And I feel like, again, like I sort of feel like that's what's happening with Sin and Jay right now. They're not really putting it out there that the film is released and they're not really doing their part on social. I'm like, what's going on? And part of me is like, I'm offended. And then part of me is like, no, they could be just going through that fear cycle again, you know, yeah. where it's like, oh shit, this is real. Oh shit, this is getting out there to the world. People are seeing us. But, you know, I'm like, but they're seeing this amazing, beautiful thing. And, you know, but still they have to deal with that in their own way um, and push through that. And, and definitely that's come up with sin. And, you know, at first she sort of pulled back and didn't talk to me. And then after time went by, she would open up and express it and we would talk about it. And it was very like therapeutic because I kind of have that approach when I talk to people. It's like, let's talk through it and get, and then all of a sudden you feel better. And then it's like, I love you and all of this good stuff you know, and good energy. And I know that that's always sort of at the core of it, but they still have to do their thing and pull back if that's what they're, that's what fear does. Fear makes us restrict and, you know, and, and when you feel loved, you feel like warm and open and, you know, all those wonderful things. So it's their process. And I have to honor that also. And that's part of being unconditionally loving, you know, in in a situation. So I love because you had um, mentioned that and I want to respect your time, but you had mentioned um, how I felt about their scene of the couple together being together. And I thought it was so I, I loved it because it, it was such true and pure and real love. Yeah, you can tell their connection and you feel, you feel their connection. Yes. And um, I, I really love that. I think that that was really great that you had them together and had that. It was such a blessing. Honestly. Yeah, I was like, oh, I just felt like I was so gifted by the goddess and the spirit realm all together that, that this is what was happening. I was like, wow, like everything that I wanted and then some is happening. And, and it was like, even if I had certain ideas, it was like there was this organic process that was unfolding along the way that really would just present itself. And, and again, I feel I intuit it and I'm like, yeah, that's right. That's right. That's the right thing to do. That's the right direction. That's the right yeah. choice, you know? So. Des, is, Des right? Mm-hmm. Des's story really, really spoke to me because as well, they all did. I, I loved it. But um, when she was talking about when she was a teenager and the sexual experiences that she allowed herself to, or that she got into because of things that had happened in the past, I could right. totally relate to that. And that wasn't even anything I had have shared yet. And uh, when she was talking it through and you could tell she was still like, you know, yeah, and I did that. And maybe there was like a little bit of embarrassment around that. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh my gosh, that, that was me. That, yeah. that was me when I was a teenager doing the same things and drinking and being with guys. And um, uh, was it her as well that said, no, I don't think it was her, but someone had said that they had never um, had sex without being intoxicated w- with a man. That was sin, that right? Was sin. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
I was the same when I was a teenager, I think because of what had happened to me that I had not one sexual experience where I wasn't intoxicated or, yeah. And in the intoxication process, you were, you know, self-medicating, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Because of the wounds. And then experiencing even more wounding situations. Yes. So you're just perpetuating that cycle of self-abuse, really. Yes. You know, um, I personally am not an advocate of drinking. And I know it's all the rage and everybody's doing it. And I, I actually have a spiritual approach and belief about it, um, that it opens you up to uh, discarnates spiritual, like negative entities to come into you and into your aura. And it's actually like, you can see it in certain like Karelian photography and stuff, how there's like holes in the aura that happen when you're under the influence. And, uh, and these motherfuckers hijack you. That's what happens. And that's why you're like, Oh, I don't remember what I did. My friends have to tell me what the hell I did. And Oh, you know, I ended up with a DUI or God knows what they wreak havoc and they just like keep it moving to the next one. Oh, you know what? I believe you a hundred percent because now that you explain it that way, because I, even in loving relationships, like with me and my husband, there was one time and he was having some cocktails. I was recording an interview and when I came out, I was really lit up about it. And then he got upset with me and I couldn't understand why he was upset. And the things he was saying he was upset about, I was like, this doesn't even make sense. And then the next day he was like, I am not upset. I think that I, like I, I know that you weren't like neglecting me or that you, you're, you are doing this and I love it. And I love the, the, the hustle and the passion that you're putting into it. And I support that. I, I had too many drinks and I do honestly don't even know why I was so upset. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you something. And it doesn't just, it doesn't just happen with intoxication, by the way. Um, it happens in many ways where the dark entities are coming in and, and messing with us, you know, and they really like to play games with our ego. And, um, and that's that, you know, there's a difference between the ego and the spirit, right? Um, like when you experience those moments of depression, that's that dark entity coming in and messing with you, telling you stuff that you're not good enough. You're not this, you're not that. Mm-hmm. That's the same thing. You don't have to be intoxicated to do that, but they come around, especially when you're trying to do something good and of a high vibration. Like for example, the podcast, right? Mm-hmm. You wanted to start it up. You wanted to do good things for people, but then here come the fears trying to prevent you. It's, it's a constant spiritual battle of light and dark. It's been happening since the dawn of time and it's going to continue. And I think right now, you know, with the world on lockdown, I find it very interesting because I feel like this is again, the classic battle. And I think what's so great about this opportunity now is that we have a time to, to reassess and to really think about what it is that we put value on because we're not allowed to go outside of our homes and run after the greed and the money that we're so like programmed to do just to survive and thrive and try to get, you know, keep up with the Joneses. Mm -hmm. It's like, what really is valuable, you know, connecting with human beings, connecting with our family, experiencing love that is of high value. That's a high vibrational experience. I mean, we're forced to slow down. And I find that interesting because I've always had in my mind, I have these like utopian ideas and I have um, actually have visions of the future and it being very high tech and very cool. And I'm into that. Um, But, you know, I think about like, what if it was mandated and not a kind of a forced way because I'm not okay with that, but what if all of humanity were 
we're made to meditate at the same time. Do you have any Ooh. idea the amount of power we could create on this planet? Yes. Yes. You know? that would be and if we were, we shifted our perspectives from being about going after that mighty dollar mm-hmm. and really made it about connecting with humanity and being just a really good human for, to yourself and to others. Yes, that would be amazing. That's crazy you say that too, because I'm starting um, to get into and create guided meditations and um, be, be feeling very drawn to meditation mm-hmm. and then have uh, talked with a couple people who are like, I would like a guided meditation. I would like to start meditating. So I think you're absolutely right on this. Yeah, and um, I actually shared my personal sexual abuse story with a mindfulness app called Simple Habit. So that apparently just got released, I think, last night. Um, So since I'm pushing for the film, I'm going to implement it into, um, you know, let people know about it. But I'm, I'm kind of trying to wait my timing and I haven't even like logged in to look at it, listen to it again or whatever. But, um, Yuna Kim, who is the CEO approached me about it. And I was like, yeah. And she was like, I think we're having like a hundred like, um, regular people and like celebrities as well doing it. I was like, yeah. And it's interesting because I feel like through this process of making this film, you know, yeah, I've had my own experiences, which is one of the reasons that, you know, prompted me to want to do this film. Um, but I wasn't personally sharing my story. You know, mm-hmm. this was, yeah. hey, I'm gathering other women to share their stories. Um, and so I feel it was important. And I thought the timing was right. The Me Too movement came out. Women's voices are being heard. I felt very silenced for a lot of my life. So now I feel like, you know, these women are being badasses. And I've always put myself in that category but yet if i'm not sharing my story then again it's that fear factor right it's like i'm not pushing through the chrysalis i'm not yeah. being the badass i could be and and if i'm the girl that created this film i should damn well stand by it and express myself as well so i have in that app and the story is there <laughs> so wonderful okay so simple habit app i have a, a little something for you if you need it i'll have a promo code and a, yes like a 15 day free all access type of thing so yes um i'll be posting that soon so i will definitely share with that and she's like we're gonna share it with you and a thousand of your people i was like all right bring it <laughs> nice okay so bring that's it. Good. How do people see this movie? How, if they heard about the simple app and they want to hear that, hear your story through that, what do people need to do? Where do they need to go? How do they access? If you want to check out the film, Mm -hmm. um, I definitely highly recommend you check out the Instagram, which is very small. It's a restricted uh, profile because of the fine art nudes apparently is, you know, not acceptable so they put a restriction on it well they put an age restriction on it okay okay so um it's not private but it it is restricted even if but you know it's upsetting to me because there's so many uh influencers and and people with bigger followings and stuff that have like full-on nude stuff oh i've seen everything else and they're and they are not getting restricted at all and so that's upsetting to me but again i made this film to try to push past those barriers you know Mm -hmm. so i expected it along the way and i certainly have had to deal with it so um so your instagram yeah, the goddess within doc film. 
is the actual Instagram for the film itself. And I've got just a little bit of content on there, not a whole lot of followers right now. Um, but my, but in order to see the film, um, and I always recommend people go and check that out because I like the aesthetic of how I've put that up and um, created that account. But if they want to see the film, they need to reach out to me directly at Jennifer is Magic on Instagram, spelled the normal way of magic and all that, J-E-N-N-I-F-E-R-I-S-M-A-G-I-C. Um, and I really do believe I am magic and I have performed many, many magical things in the world. So um, reach out to me, DM me. There's also stories, I'm running stories. I also have the highlights up there of uh, some of the reviews that are coming in on the film, the, some of the behind the scenes photos, like I did a little video compilation of that. Also um, just some of the promos, which I'm really feeling good about because I put a little Billie Eilish on that for the yes. stories, you know, yeah. and uh, paired it with my fine art nudes and, oh, I'm just loving how those promos came out. <laughs> so <clears throat> please take a look at those on uh, the highlights and also be running on my stories. And there's also, I uh, just created a new highlight for donating. So I'm asking for $6 to view the film. I've had some very generous donors over donate and I'm grateful for that, of course, always. Um, and again, in this time where we're trying to be creative, about how to make our money remotely, that worked out for me. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely, you know, most important thing to me is obviously getting the message out. As an artist and a creator, my creations are the most important thing to me. The fact that we have to live in this world and make money, I feel kind of sort of shackled to that, you know? I would give it out for free all day, Yeah, but I have to survive. And not only do I want to survive, because I've been surviving for a long time, barely surviving sometimes, um, but I want to thrive in my life and I want to be able to create more because I feel like there's a lot in me that has yet to express itself and I want to have the opportunity to do that. So um, as well as I, I feel like the value is beyond the $6 donation. So <laughs> less than a, a movie ticket. So. Yeah. 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 No, I, want I to make it as accessible to everybody as I could, you know, like I, hours, most people can throw that away. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I completely agree that something that I struggle with, but the thing is I want to do this all day, every day. Mm -hmm. And by being able to do this all day, every day and not have another job that you're dedicating 40 plus hours to, right. you, you could, I could do more. We could do more for people. More people. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. We totally synced on that one. <laughs> uh, yeah, totally. I, I totally agree. And then also, I just want to say, and I don't know how much time, and once you cut this, like, hopefully you'll get it down to like an hour or whatever it is. I don't even know idea how, how much time has flown by. I haven't even looked at the <laughs> clock. But um, I just want to say a little something about your story on your podcast. Because I really think that people need to listen to all of your episodes and hear what it is that you're about, your personal story, and what you're doing. And I'm totally behind what you're doing. And I think you being so vulnerable and opening up and being detailed about your experiences as a child. I mean, I was horrified. I was horrified. And um, 
you know, all I can say is I hope that you heal from those experiences. And I hope that this creating this podcast is helping you heal from that as well while you help others. Um, I'm so grateful that you have a relationship and you have children and you've overcome that much, you know, so that you're able to have those kind of relationships. I don't know if you have intimacy issues now or not, but of course I'm curious about that. Um, but I just feel like, you know, I'm grateful to you for doing this. Thank you. Thank you very much. And thank you for telling me that. I'm grateful for you as well. And I hope that you've felt that throughout this entire time that we've been talking um, because I truly am. And um, I actually going to be talking about intimacy in April and I'm nervous about it, but I want to be super real about how it had affected me. So I'll well, if you need one. to watch the film again to get you ready, <laughs> I think I'll, I will reach out for sure. You know how to reach me. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Oh my gosh, Jennifer, thank you so much. This has been so amazing. I was very excited to um, connect with you and hear everything you had to say. And I'm very, very um, blessed and honored and grateful that you're on my podcast and that we were brought together. I feel the same, honestly, like so grateful that and it was just the timing of everything. That's what always amazes yeah. me. And I know that like, that's divine, just bringing it together, you know, um, because we connected not that long ago. Yeah, no. And then you asked me like, not that long ago. And then I was like, oh, it's to be determined when I'm gonna, when I'm gonna, cause I knew I had all these financial obstacles and things in my path that I've had for years to get this film out properly. And you recently, like, I think it was within a couple of days that you were like, Oh yeah, let me know when we can set it up and da da da. I was like, oh well, you know, it's to be determined when it's gonna cut out. And then I was up until five in the morning and I had this epiphany. I was like, oh my God, I could just ask for donations, have them send it to me directly, skip having to put, you know, save up a bunch of money to save, I mean, to pay Vimeo to be able to put it on their platform, to use their payment platform. And so basically oh. they get their cut, whatever. So like, it's all these ways of like taking money away from the creator. Now they are creating a platform. So I get it. It's not like there's no value there, but as a creator, just trying to make things happen on a lower budget, those are the obstacles that make it hard to accomplish the goal. Yes. So, um, I, the fact that I was like, why did that never occur to me before in all these four years? But I can only say that it's timing is everything. And again, now I have a captive audience. The world is on lockdown. It is yeah. bizarre. This has never happened. Just like the butterflies have never flown through Los Angeles. I mean, and I really feel energetically the spiritual coming together. Like people that are reaching out to me, everything. It's just like, do, 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 do. It's yeah. all lining up and it's pretty, pretty amazing. Yeah. Yes, it is. Thank you. Thank you so very much. I hope that I'm so inspired by you. I hope we stay in touch and I'm excited to talk about this movie and put it out there and get everybody watching it and opening up that conversation. Awesome. Yeah. I think we, we will do ourselves a great service of being able to communicate more about this. Yes, absolutely. Thank you, Jennifer. I hope you have an amazing night and I will talk to you soon. Okay. Okay. Thank you.